This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Wednesday, October 5th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Downey. Russia, Syria, and foreign policy dominated much of last night's debate between the vice presidential candidates. But Republican Mike Pence emphasized his rural roots, noting that he grew up in a small town with a cornfield in his backyard. He also listed family farms as potential beneficiaries of tax cuts, and he accused his Democratic counterpart, Tim Kaine, and Hillary Clinton of seeking to increase business-stifling regulations. Trade was mentioned only in passing during the debate when Pence said the country needs, quote, a trade deal that will put the American worker first. Kane stayed on the attack throughout the debate, repeatedly bringing up Donald Trump's most controversial comments and trying to force Pence to address them. Pitt sidestepped the attacks for the most part, but he vigorously defended Trump's latest immigration policy. Pence insisted that Trump would focus deportations on criminal aliens, suggesting that Trump is open to letting other illegal immigrants stay in the country. Kane reiterated that Clinton wants to provide undocumented immigrants a path to citizenship. Republicans, quote, want to go house to house, school to school, business to business, and kick out all illegal immigrants, Kane said last night. Obama, Vilsack, claim rural success. The Obama administration is intensifying its focus on rural America this week, even as Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump battle over critical swing states like Iowa, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack will host a White House rural forum today at Penn State University in State College. Vilsack and Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf will be leading discussions on promoting economic growth and improving health care in rural regions. In a blog post, President Obama says his administration has worked hand-in-hand with rural communities to expand job training, create jobs, and expand Internet availability. We're making progress, progress that's possible only because of the strength and resilience of the people in our rural communities. Flotus announcing Garden Future. First Lady Michelle Obama will be announcing plans this afternoon for the future of the White House Kitchen Garden. The South Lawn Garden, first planted in 2009, has been the centerpiece of her Let's Move initiative to fight childhood obesity. The big question is whether the next president or first spouse will put the same effort behind the anti-obesity initiative, even if the garden stays in place. ARC payments move east. Farmers in Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio are seeing some of the highest payment rates for the 2015 crop year under the Agriculture Risk Coverage Program. USDA announced yesterday that it is sending $5.6 billion to 1.2 million farmers nationwide in the initial round of ARC payments for the 2015 crop year. Another $1.2 billion is going to more than 350,000 farmers under the Price Loss Coverage Program. According to maps posted by the Farm Service Agency, ARC payments for corn will range from 73.11 to 92.60 across most of Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio. And in some counties, the payments will range from 92.61 to 135.40. Payments also are relatively high in the Mississippi Delta and in the Texas Panhandle. For the 2014 crop year, there was a concentration of higher payment rates in Iowa, Minnesota, and Nebraska. GMO critics rate lawmakers on labeling votes. Anti-GMO consumers will have a guide to use as they go to the polls, rating lawmakers on how they voted on the biotech bills and amendments during this Congress. 
The Cornucopia Institute scorecard gives failing grades to all four leaders of the Senate and House Agriculture Committees, except for Debbie Stabenow, the ranking Democrat of the Senate Agriculture Committee. She received a D instead of an F, only because she voted against cloture last March on an earlier version of the final GMO labeling legislation. Public polling continues to indicate that consumers are very interested in the right to know what's in their food and want transparency in the use of GMO food ingredients. That according to Jason Cole, a cornucopia researcher. Cornucopia singled out the Organic Trade Association for criticism, saying its support of the law gave some members the political shelter needed to side with powerful ag and biotechnology interests. OTA backed the bill in part because it allows organic foods to be labeled as non-GMO. Biodiesel paying $6 million fine for invalid rents. A biodiesel producer in Iowa has agreed to pay a $6 million fine to settle alleged violations of the renewable fuel standard. According to the EPA and the Justice Department, Western Dubuque Biodiesel purchased 24 million gallons of biodiesel from another company and then reprocessed the fuel to generate a new series of credits or RINs that were in turn sold back to the second company. The government is separately suing the second company, NGL Crude Logistics, to force it to pay a fine and retire the alleged invalid rents. The case comes on the heels of a major California-based biodiesel retailer agreeing to pay a $27 million fine and retire renewable fuel credits worth $71 million to resolve RFS violations. The penalty is the largest in the history of the EPA's fuels programs. Well, that's Daybreak for this Wednesday, October 5th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by McLeod, Watkinson & Miller, America's most experienced law firm in agricultural and derivatives law, and by Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Downey.